Hello, everyone, and welcome to week six of IMC 600, your penultimate week in this course. Uh, this week in this podcast, I will be talking about chapter nine. Now, I know that this chapter wasn't the greatest in the book. Um, it was a lot of lists, and who doesn't love lists, with a smattering of talk about corporate culture. And it brought up a lot of concepts that seemed like they wouldn't be something you'll deal with. I'd imagine some of you were left wondering, what does this matter to me? Simply put, no matter where you are as a marketer, whether it's as the VP of marketing, the research guy, or the creative director, you will be involved in the implementation of a campaign one way or another. If nothing else, this chapter gives you an appreciation for what you may encounter out there. To me, this chapter is about uh, how the rubber hits the road in our marketing campaigns. When we get to the point of implementation, we have done our research, and we've researched again. We've selected our target market. And we've gotten to know really know who that target is. Uh, we've developed our goals, strategies, and tactics, and our creative is all set. This is the rollout. This is where everything we've done starts to really matter. This is when your company, or who you were hired out by, sees if the money they're spending on your work is worth the paper it's printed on. In some senses, this chapter goes beyond the bread and butter of this class. We're here to learn about marketing strategy and what we can do to be effective in that arena. But as a good marketer, it's important for us to always be thinking ahead. From a practical standpoint, the when will I ever need this, um, you will need this in your final campaigns and your final defenses. You cannot present to your panel and talk to them about the culmination of two years of studies and present a big, beautiful marketing plan and not say how you're going to do it and offer specifics to that end. You've, you've all developed goal strategies and tactics. You've provided the rationale as to why. Now tell me the how. As the book states, the implementation is the how. And there are several, uh, Im there are several elements implementation can include. Uh, that's your marketing strategy, uh, having shared goals and values, the structure of marketing activities, a company's systems and processes, resources, people, and leadership. I'd like to spend a moment on the last two items there, the people and leadership. I think it goes without saying that working with the right people, whether they're your coworkers or subcontractors hired out, is really important to the success of a project. And we've all been assigned in school to groups where there's always that one group member that, you know, kind of leaves a lot to be desired, to put it nicely. While you don't always have control over who these people are, it is important to align yourself with the people who can help you work to the best of your ability and get the job done. Sometimes that means tapping into the network of people you'll undoubtedly meet during your careers and talking with them outside of work maybe going out for a cup of coffee to spitball ideas, or talking with them about an idea that you have to just get a second or third opinion on it. Um, next is leadership. I would argue that of this list, this is the most important. Though I won't argue hard, I can be compelled to think otherwise. However, I firmly believe that, the leadership, that leadership is what can make or break a company, or for our purposes, a marketing campaign. We've seen plenty of examples out there of bad leadership and bad decision-making by leaders. And of course, there are great leaders out there. We've heard of them. I would say that without a strong leader 
who's there making thoughtful and appropriate decisions, constantly taking stock of things and considering both the long-term and short-term, motivating and empowering employees, and not scared to roll up his or her sleeves, the chances of a company's success with anything is very slim. You may find yourself having to step up as a leader because of circumstance, or you may find yourself becoming a leader because of hard work and determination. Um, that whole little list that I uh, rattled off there, that's just things to keep in mind as a leader or when you're stepping into a leadership role. Um, just as a side note, I've been in managerial roles before. Um, I was a city, I was an editor, I was city editor. Um, if you find yourself managing people uh, or in charge, one piece of advice that I can give you, well, actually two, um, and I hope you remember these, is that don't ask people to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. And secondly, don't be afraid to lead by example. So during implementation, it's important to remember, whether firms uh, verbalize this or not, that there's the intended marketing strategy, uh, which is what you plan to do and expected to have happen, as well as the realized marketing strategy. And that's how things actually happened. Planning and implementation are not entirely two separate things. They absolutely go hand in hand. You can't spend weeks and months planning a campaign and then saying, rolling up your sleeves and saying, or I'm sorry, and then, excuse me, you can't spend weeks and months planning a campaign and then saying good job and when it's rolled out or just before it's rolled out and piecing out. Part of your strategy in a marketing campaign is its rollout, and that's figured out when developing everything beforehand during planning. There are strategic issues to keep in mind in implementation. Uh, first is interdependency, and that's when the content of the marketing plan determines its implementation, but that also the marketing strategy determines the content of the plan. It's kind of a catch-22, a cyclical thing here. Uh, there's the evolution, and that's just that the markets and the environment is always changing, or are always changing, excuse me. Then there's separation, and that's the breakdown of who does what within a firm. I really want to focus on the evolution part. The book puts it best. The planning process is never static because environmental changes require shifts in strategy. Things change quickly out there, and perhaps the fastest thing to change out there is uh customer consumers opinions um, an example of this I think uh, when I was teaching this course a couple years ago um, and just before I get into this uh, I'm going to be talking about um, the show this is us and there's a spoiler alert that I'll give right now um, at any rate when I was teaching this um, this is us was on and I I've never watched the show but there was apparently a season finale I guess um, where one of the main characters died in uh, or because of a fire. And that fire was caused by a crockpot, a faulty malfunctioning crockpot. Um, from, I think I did watch the scene of it just because that's what everybody was talking about on social media the next day. Um, but in the scene, you see the crockpot there start to malfunction and clearly written on this device is Crock-Pot. Um, after that episode, people went nuts on social media. I mean, it was blowing up, and it didn't, uh, it wasn't good for Crock-Pot and its parent company because 
people were practically rioting in the streets over, you know, Crock-Pot. And, you know, they killed this, you know, the faulty Crock-Pot is the reason this character who we all love died. And, you know, we need to investigate Crock-Pot and make sure that uh, their products are never going to do this. And how dare they? And Crock-Pot and its co parent company, you know, they, they had a rough couple days there with that. Um, they, you know, did weather that storm and everything. And it was kind of unfortunate because this company did absolutely nothing wrong. They, I mean, they just didn't. Their product was just placed in a show, and unfortunately, uh, that malfunction is what caused that dude to die. Um, it did eventually blow over, um, and I do remember about a week later, the actor who portrayed that character did a PSA of sorts about uh, letting bygones be bygones and moving on and everything, and at the end of it, um, he walks up and fixes himself a bowl of chili, and wouldn't you know it, he scoops the chili out of the crock pot. So moving on, uh, how do we implement? Uh, we can do it a few different ways. There's by command, um, and that's where the marketing strategies are developed by the higher-ups and then passed down to the rank and file. Um, there are pros to that. It reduces uncertainty and limits uh, rogue decision-making. Uh, leadership is strong leadership is key and simplicity is key uh, however uh, this doesn't always consider the feasibility of implementation um, it divides uh, a firm into directors and doers and that can create a morale problem uh, we can also implement by change and this focuses strictly on implementation and it aims to implement strategies by modifying a firm to uh, ensure success Samsung's an example of this, and they started focusing on only what it did best and dumping the cheap products or the ones that weren't really selling that well. Um, with, with change, uh, like I said, it looks only at the implementation of the strategy, um, and it considers how the strategy and implementation mesh with one another. It's a tried, trusted, and true uh, method. However, it uh, takes a power at the top mentality, and it takes time. So you can also implement by consensus, and that brings different areas of a firm together to develop the strategy and ultimately determine the direction. With that, uh, you basically you get everyone on board from the beginning, and it encourages buy-in from everybody. And it's useful in times of uncertainty, like when a company, you know, its performance isn't too, you know, doing too well, or there's some uh, external factor that they have to contend with. So, um, however, there are some cons to it, and uh, that you might see power struggles among decision makers. It's slower, and it requires constant and cohesive communication among and between all stakeholders. Lastly, there is the organizational culture, and or implementation through organizational culture. To me, this is becoming the new normal. Companies are starting to care more and more about the corporate culture of their offices and getting employees motivated to really buy into what they're doing. Um, and uh, This implementation strategy is embedded in the firm's culture fully and completely, and a firm's culture is embedded in the marketing strategy completely. Um, with that, it puts everybody on the same level, uh, from the president of the company to the uh, the new rookie that just started. 
Um, it allows employees to take more ownership of what's going on and feel a sense of responsibility to the success of implementation. Um, and sometimes this is an easier route for implementation. However, there are some cons with that, and the big one is that it takes a lot of investment of time and money. Um, and there also, you might see that uh, changes out there might, or changes might exacerbate internal problems, and you'll have to contend with those. Sip of water here, hang on. Um, so moving on to internal marketing. And this really focuses on uh, the employees. Um, Walmart is an example uh, that comes to mind. Um, every day before a shift starts, the shift leader gets all the workers together, and they have their team huddle, and they give them some uh, motivational speeches. They have them go out and look up some products and everything and talk about the product and you know, kind of get everybody excited to be at work that day and... Uh, excited, you know, that, uh, thereby excited for the success that they're going to have for the Walton family. Uh, Southwest is another example where they have uh, profit sharing among employees, which uh, essentially incentivizes the employees to do the best that they can to help the company be the as successful as it possibly can be because they have a stake in it. Uh, Wegmans is another example. Um, it regularly ranks as one of the top, if not the top place to work in the in the country. And I that I believe that's part of their strategy is that um, they treat their employees right, so their employees are going to treat them right. Given the climate of today, um, consumers care about how workers are treated, and it doesn't take long for that video of a manager reaming out an employee to go viral. Um, with internal marketing, there are two lessons that I'd like you to take away from it. The first lesson is one that I learned from the great former uh, Dean Lee Coppola of the Journalism School. Uh, he was incidentally the first Dean of the Journalism School. And uh, back in my undergrad days, I, uh, my second semester senior, my spring semester senior year, I was fortunate enough to become editor in chief of the campus newspaper, and uh, I inherited some problems there that I had to contend with very quickly, um, and part of it was uh, morale of the staff. Uh, we had had a difficult semester um, prior to a difficult fall, fall semester, and, uh, you know, I was talking to the dean, you know, about some of the changes that I was going to be making and, um, you know, to help the paper improve and how I wanted to... Um, improve morale because all of the staff at the BV, it, none of us were paid. We were, it was a club and we, you know, essentially a club and we were doing this as an extracurricular on our own time. Um, and so I talked to him about a few things that I wanted to do and what he said to me, uh, was something I never forgot. And that was happy workers work happily. Um, the second thing that I'd like you to take away from internal marketing um, and this is something that I hope that you never forget as well, is that your employees can be your biggest asset. So moving on to evaluation and control. There are reasons for a difference between the intended marketing strategy and the realized strategy. And those are, uh, it was unrealistic, implementation was inappropriate, uh, there was some mismanagement, 
um, and the internal and external environments changed from development uh, or changed during uh, from development to implementation. I would add a fifth, and that is the internal or external environment changed substantially during the actual implementation of the strategy. Um, so while there's almost no possible way to control how our marketing efforts are received and perform, there are things we can do to align our intended marketing strategy with what is realized. And there are uh, things like formal controls with the uh, input controls. And that's having the appropriate resources ahead of time, uh, like, for example, employees and capital. Um, to me, it's kind of the right tools for the right job. And this can be challenging. Uh, you'll find that hiring the right people isn't always easy. Um, and depending who you're working for or with, um, money might be a problem. Um, there are process controls, and that's uh, what we do to ensure uh, those implementing our marketing strategy stay on board. And that's things like, do we give bonuses or considering what does what we're doing mean to our employees? What are we showing them? Then there are output controls. And that's a review of how the marketing strategy is actually performed after implementation. And I found this interesting that they included this there because it looks at things after the fact, um, after everything's done and all rolled out and we're circling back to see how we did. Um, and you can do that through something like an audit. Uh, those can be very helpful and you can actually use those going forward in developing your next marketing campaign. There are the informal marketing controls and this deals squarely with your employees. Um, there are things like employee self-control, which is allowing workers to oversee themselves uh, while implementing strategy. Uh, social control, which is allowing groups of employees to oversee themselves while implementing a strategy. And culture control, and that's creating shared values and standards among all who work at a firm. So moving along, we'll talk about scheduling marketing activities. I'm just going to breeze over these really quick. Um, they're identifying what needs to the activities that need to be performed, determining the time needed to complete each of it, these activities and when these activities will be completed, uh, arranging the oh, I jumped ahead there, arranging the sequence for completion of said tasks, and assigning responsibility for completion. Please pay attention to this, and I know I breezed over this, but this is something that you will need. In your final project for IMC, you will need to provide a schedule or a timeline. Um, yes, it's a schedule, but it has to be one that you can justify and one that makes sense. You'll also have to do this in the real world with campaigns. Uh, just as an aside, as part of your schedule or timeline, you will need to present how you'll measure the outcomes, the, the ROI. You can't just say that you're going to measure it by uh, the dollars and cents. There has to be more than one element. And you, uh, you also may have to provide explanations about the intangibles that you can't measure. Um, by that, a good example that comes to mind for me is I was listening to a talk by uh, Gary V. Uh, I think it's Gary Vanercheck. If you don't know who he is, I urge you to look him up. He is a, uh, I would say, wild man in the marketing world. He's a younger guy. He's... Uh, very, very motivated. He's very successful. He's got an interesting rags to riches story. Um, he's also kind of pissed, um, which is interesting. Um, just a 
like I said, prolific marketer out there. Kind of a brand unto himself. And uh, he was doing a talk about measuring ROI and specifically the intangibles of it and how he's talking uh, to some uh, president of a company and, and this guy is grilling him on the ROI and um, he's able to give him the tangibles, the dollars and cents there. But there was another element to this campaign that was the intangibles. And the guy just kept you know, going at him about how to measure it. And Gary V finally just said, let me break it down for you this way. How do you measure the ROI of your mother and the impact that she's had in your life? You kind of can't do that. You can't measure the ROI of your mother, but you're going to have to explain a little bit how you can and the importance of what your mother was so, or what that intangible was in your campaign. Um, I would strongly strongly encourage each and every one of you to have real-time, sorry, knocked my computer there, um, to have real-time evaluation as part of your timetable. Um, the real world, in the real world, uh, when a campaign is implemented, things can change so quickly. And I just think it's important to have time set aside or uh, set in your timeline. We're going to Stop, not, not necessarily stop the implementation, but you as the person overseeing it are going to look and see how things are doing, uh, see how it's performing as it's being implemented. And this might mean that you might need to shift gears. You might need to expedite one element of your campaign or pull something out or slow something down. Um, to me, it's kind of like golf. When you're out there playing around, uh, that's your implementation. Uh, so you're out there playing your round. But you do have plenty of time uh, in between swings to look at what you're doing and try to figure out uh, what you're doing right and more often than not what you're doing wrong. And uh, if any of you have golfed before, it's kind of tough to uh, figure out what you're doing wrong and gets frustrating. But be that as it may, um, I just just how this world operates now, um, I just think it's so important that you have to have those times where you just take a look at things and see how they're doing and not wait until the very end to be like, oh, well, that thing worked or that thing didn't work. Guess we shouldn't have done that or we could have done this change where you could have actually uh, made that change during the campaign. It's just something to consider. So that does it for now, and I will talk to you guys next week for our final week of IMC 600. I hope everybody has a good week between now and when I talk to you guys next.